Industry Pods and Evergreen Podcast Network are pleased to present the following podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Startup World Cup Asian Finale 2021. I'm your host, Troy, from Texas Tech Ventures. Welcome, and thank you, everybody, for joining us here in the room, and everybody, participants, and audience joining us virtually. We're very happy to have everybody here. Startup World Cup is a global competition under Texas Tech Ventures. We organize regional events and competitions in more than 60 countries and regions every year. This year, Texas Tech Ventures is very proud to join forces with Invest Hong Kong and Family Office Association Hong Kong to bring Startup World Cup to Hong Kong for the first time for Startup Startup Hong Kong. Asian Finale 2021. Today we'll have a great lineup of speakers, as you can see in the agenda, and we're also proud to bring together more than 10 startups winning teams from Startup World Cup regionals across Asia. They get a chance to pitch to the top judge panel and stand a chance to win 30,000 Hong Kong dollars, and also the ticket to the Grand Finale scheduled in San Francisco in November this year. All right. Without further ado. We'd love to start with our opening remarks by our honorable partners. Let's give the stage to our partner, Invest Hong Kong, Jay Chen, the Invest Hong Kong's Starting Off Festival head. Jay, if you're online, all right. All right. Thank you. Hello and a warm welcome from Hong Kong to everyone joining us today from wherever you are in the world. I'm honoured to welcome you to the last day of this year's Starmia Hong Kong Festival and to open the Startup World Cup Asia Finale, organised by Pegasus Tech Ventures China and supported by the Family Office Association of Hong Kong. This year's all virtual festival has been a phenomenal success so far. With the tech events hosting tens of thousands of delegates from around the world, featuring insightful panels, keynote addresses by leaders from the startup ecosystem and the business community, this year's festival is actually our sixth edition, and we've seen incredible growth during this time. From five and a half thousand people we had in 2016 for our first festival, last year we welcomed over 180,000 people from over 97 countries. Now, in terms of innovation and technology, the development of this is actually one of the top priorities for Hong Kong SAR government. The current government has actually committed to about actually to about fourteen and a half billion US dollars um, to innovation and technology development in Hong Kong along the eight major areas, as announced in our chief executive's twenty seventeen policy address. Among the main initiatives underway to support startups, we are continuing with the Science Park expansion and also Cyberport development to provide the additional incubator space needed for new ideas. Dollars over the next next few two years into the Innovation and Technology Fund, which amongst other things encourages investment or co-investment in startups as well as fund. Then for the technology startup support schemes for universities, the Financial Services and Treasury Bureau recently also launched a fintech proof of concept 
subsidy scheme to encourage traditional financial institutions to partner up with fintech companies to conduct proof-of-concept projects on innovative financial services products. And of course, a central part of the Greater Bay Area Initiative, the government... Recording in progress. The government is leveraging our strong ties with Shenzhen to proceed with the development of the Hong Kong Shenzhen Innovation and Technology Park in the Lok Ma Chao Loop. And we're seeing good results. Our 2020 Startup Ecosystem Survey reported 3,360 startups in 2020, employing over 10,600 employees across over 110 cohort spaces, incubators and accelerators. We have nine unicorns and with a population of 7.5 million people, it's one of the highest per capita unicorn creation in the world. If you're interested, look into the opportunities in Hong Kong, please do reach out to Invest Hong Kong. We have over 30 offices around the world and we'll help to support your move here. In closing, I'd just like to congratulate all the companies that have managed to get through. Um, you know, you went through some really tough competition and we wish you the best of luck. Thank you and enjoy the rest of the week. Thank you, Jin Chen, the head of, of Stummy Up Festival in West Hong Kong. Thank you very much. Next up, let's welcome Huang Chin Man, the chairman of Family Office Association of Hong Kong for the opening speech, the big screen. Good morning. Today is an exciting day. As we will see many innovative pioneers gathering from around the region, presenting their most industry and market disrupting ideas to the leading financial capital firms and large enterprises around the world. The Family Office Association Hong Kong is honoured to be co-hosting this year's Startup World Cup Asian Regional Finale with Investment Hong Kong and Pegasus Tech Venture China, bringing the world-renowned competition to the Hong Kong for the first time. FOAHK was originally founded in November 2020 by five leading family offices in Hong Kong, who echoes the Hong Kong government's vision to position this city as a global family office hub. According to WealthX Wealth Ultra Wealth Report 2020, there are a total of 9,950 ultra high net worth individuals in Hong Kong, where has by far the highest density of ultra wealthy individuals in Asia and ranked second in the world following New York. The Asia Pacific region's population of ultra high net worth individuals is also set for strong growth, and according to a Nightfront report, it is predicted to grow at 33% in the next five years rising at a much faster pace than any other region in the world. Against this backdrop, FOAHK has a clear purpose. We're here to promote and further family office industry in Hong Kong and the benefit we bring to the businesses in the region and beyond. As a non-profit consultative industry body, we have been facilitating community collaboration among members, governments and other professional parties in Hong Kong and overseas. And that is why we are so excited to see, to be witnessing over the next two days, how the participating startups and talent will garner the attention of family offices and other investors in Hong Kong. As part of our broader mission, we also aim to contribute to the continued growth of Hong Kong's startup ecosystem, whether that is showcasing and fostering the local startups or attracting innovative startups to the city. Through conversations with our members, we have observed that overall, 
the industry has an in increasing appetite for fueling innovations and investing in new economic industry. And again, the numbers support this. According to Family Office Investing Venture Capital 2020, a notable 76% family offices invest directly in startups, and it is most common for them to source their own opportunities. So the Asian regional finale really is a great opportunity for startups to showcase their groundbreaking innovative idea to family office investors today. I would like to also take this opportunity to share some tips on how to pique the interest of family office investors, whether the funding takes the form of private equity, venture capital, or investment funds. In our opinion, there are three primary areas to address. First, what is your value proposition? question you can ask yourself could be, how are you changing the game? What is the underlying technology that differentiates you from a competitor and peers? Second, with an increasing focus on ESG framework for businesses, be it startup or MNC, the purpose of a company is what family office take into consideration when they evaluate investments. Does your purpose align with the family office investment philosophy? Lastly, and the real bottom line is, what is the expected return on investment? From a family office perspective, in addition to the three keys to garner the attention of family office investors, there are many avenues which startups are given a platform to showcase themselves. And a startup woke up is one such example to expose your company to the world, as you will be given a chance to differentiate yourself from the rest by showcasing your value proposition to investors across the region. And if impressive enough, on a global level at Grand Finale in San Francisco. Hong Kong being called to the highly connected Greater Bay Area, we also form part of a promising and up-and-coming tech hub that will foster and continue to encourage the culture of entrepreneurship. As an international financial centre and globally leading source of welfare with many unique advantages, matched with the numerous initiatives to build a vibrant startup ecosystem from a governmental and regulatory level, Hong Kong is the perfect foundation to unlock limitless potential for many as the GBA becomes the global hub for tech and innovations. From all of us at FOHK, we wish the competition every success and all our candidates the best of luck. We are excited to see how you will leverage the many unique advantages of Hong Kong to bring more innovation ideas and solutions to the world. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Chi-Man, the chairman of Family Office Association Hong Kong. Next up, by having our very own Bill Rickert, the general manager of Pax Tech Ventures, for the opening speech, Bill. Hi, and welcome to the Startup World Cup Asian Finale. My name is Bill Reichert, and I'm delighted to be your host today. I'm the chief evangelist of the Startup World Cup and a general partner at Pegasus Tech Ventures. Before we get started, I want to give special thanks to Start Me Up Hong Kong for being our sponsor and host here today. A round of applause for Start Me Up Hong Kong. Thank you guys so much. Really appreciate it. So a little bit about Pegasus Tech Ventures. We are a global venture capital firm based here in Silicon Valley, but with offices all over the world. We've made 180 plus investments over our 10 plus years since we've been started. We leverage a global network of entrepreneurs and investors, technical experts, university faculty, and corporate partners 
to find the best emerging tech companies wherever they are on the planet. Some of our more famous investments include Bird, 23andMe, SpaceX, Airbnb, and Triller. So the purpose of Startup World Cup is to reach out to the global innovation ecosystems, find innovation around the world and celebrate it, support and promote entrepreneurship wherever it's happening, build a global network of organizations and stakeholders who are supportive of entrepreneurs and innovation, and plug into media to celebrate and showcase innovations and entrepreneurs all over the planet. That's our goal in sponsoring the Startup World Cup. We've been able to attract over 50,000 attendees in each cycle of our event. With over 1,000 speakers and judges, we get 200 media outlets reporting on this, and we've conducted competitions in over 60 countries around the world. Some of the past speakers at our grand finale event in Silicon Valley include People like Steve Wozniak, the co-founder of Apple, or Reid Hoffman, the co-founder of LinkedIn, and a bunch of other tech celebrities and luminaries like the founders and CEOs of Netflix and Siri and Oracle, John Chambers, the former CEO of Cisco, SoftBank, Sun Microsystems, a great collection of speakers who will be there in Silicon Valley for the grand finale. We also are proud of our ability to get some top-tier judges to judge the final competition. Guys like Tim Draper of Draper Associates, from accelerators like Y Combinator and Techstars, from venture capital firms like Kleiner Perkins and NEA, from corporate investors like Microsoft and GE and IBM. Over the past four years in our various cycles, starting with 2017, We've had three global winners. First year, the winner was from Japan, a company called Unifa, which after winning the grand prize, went on to raise another $10 million and has been a rocket ship, expecting to go public in just a few more years. Our second season, 2018, the winner was a spin-out from MIT called Luca Labs. They are designing diagnostics to save lives. And then our last cycle, the winner was from Vietnam, a company called Abivin, which is becoming one of the leaders in logistics software in Vietnam. So let's talk about this year's competition. This year, we're expecting to have over 60 regional champions come to San Francisco for the grand finale to compete for a $1 million grand prize. The regional champions are going to be coming from all over the planet, from China to Chile, from Sweden to Vietnam, from Tbilisi, Georgia to Atlanta, Georgia, from Southeast Asia to Argentina, and including the finale winner here at the Startup World Cup Asian finale. So the competition for the grand finale is November 10th through 12th, 2021 in San Francisco at the Hilton Union Square. We're hoping it's going to be in person. It looks like we're on track to have an in-person competition. So when you come to the grand finale, you're going to have a chance to meet me personally. I'm looking forward to it, as well as the rest of the Pegasus team. So I want to share with you the fact that I make myself available for workshops with the, grant, with the finalists to help them with their pitching. 
I've developed a workshop called Getting to Wow, Silicon Valley Pitch Secrets for Entrepreneurs, and I've turned it into a book called Getting to Wow, which is available at an Amazon.com near you. At this year's grand finale, we're expecting to have another group of tech luminaries from Intuit and Cisco and Microsoft and Walmart and Hewlett Packard, a number of great speakers who will be there for the conference at the beginning of the day on November 12th. And then we go into the competition on the second half of November 12th. So, meanwhile, for those of you out there who are investors, would love to reach out to you. If you're interested in participating with us in funding the top global startups, come talk to us about the Startup World Cup Fund. It's a unique opportunity to invest in global champions. So now, the 2021 Regional Asian Finale event. First, I want to give thanks to the judges who will be participating in the judging today. So now I'd like to give special thanks to the Asian Finale Regional Competition judges. We have a great group of judges for you here today, including Alan Hellowell, who is a venture partner at Alpha JWC Ventures, Daniel Wu, general manager at Tencent IEG Innovation Lab, Sam Sun, the managing director of Affinity Equity Partners, Janet Tang, president of the Work Group, former CSO of Lenovo, Jane Chan, the head of Start Me Up HK, part of Invest Hong Kong, Quan Chi Man, the chairman of the Family Office Association of Hong Kong, and Perkins Ho, senior business development manager at Amazon Web Services, plus me. I'm also going to be participating on the judging panel. So today what we're going to do is six minute pitch for each of the finalists, then three minutes of Q&A by the judges. After all of the, all of the entrepreneurs have had a chance to pitch, the judges will deliberate and figure out who gets to be the winner. Then we will announce the winner. The, the companies that are competing today that have already won their regional competitions already get to come to San Francisco for the grand finale. If the winner is a new champion, then that company will also get to come to San Francisco in November. All right, thank you very much, Bill. The wonderful speeches from our guest speakers. Um, now, before the most anticipated pitch competition, why having not only one or two, but four amazing keynote speakers today to better prepare our startups for the pitch competition and share valuable insights about entrepreneurship and investments. Our first speaker is an OG Silicon Valleyist, and he's the one who popularized the term evangelism. Let's welcome Guy Kawasaki, the chief evangelist of Canva. Hi, I'm Guy Kawasaki. I am the chief evangelist of Canva and the creator of the Remarkable People podcast. In a prior life, I was chief evangelist of Apple on the board of trustees of Wikipedia and a Mercedes-Benz brand ambassador. So I know a thing or two about evangelism, and I'm here to teach you about the art of evangelism. This is something that can help you tremendously as an entrepreneur because it is all about convincing people to believe in something like your product or service as much as you do. So let's start off with a definition of evangelism. It comes from a Greek word meaning bringing the good news. 
I brought the good news of Macintosh, that it would make people more creative and more productive. I am bringing the good news of Canva, that Canva makes you into a better communicator because it enables you to create beautiful designs. So that's what evangelists do. They bring the good news, your product or service, how it changes the world, improves society, makes people's lives better. How is it good news? So let's go into the tactics of evangelism. First of all, you got to touch gold. Touch gold means that basically it's very easy to evangelize something that's great and it's very hard to evangelize crap. So my evangelism started with this product, Macintosh 128K. It was at the time revolutionary. I mean, truly revolutionary. Graphical user interface, mouse-based, icons, all the good stuff. So it was relatively easy, honestly, to evangelize a Macintosh. And Canva is also very easy to evangelize because it has enabled people to create millions and millions of great graphics. And so the lesson that I learned is, you know what, if you want to be a great evangelist, it starts off with a great product or service. That's 90% of it. So create, affiliate, somehow get connected to a great product or service. That's step one, touch gold. Step two is to get high and to the right. This is not about politics or drugs. This is about positioning and branding and understanding your product. Think of a graph where the degree of differentiation or uniqueness is measured on the vertical axis. The value is measured on the horizontal axis. So if you're far off to the right, it means you have a valuable product. But you know what? If it's a valuable product, but there's lots of similar products, you always have to compete on price. Dell made a lot of money there, but you have to compete on price. The upper left-hand corner is where you have something very unusual, maybe even unique, but it is of no value. Honestly, in that corner, you're just plain stupid. You own a market that doesn't exist. The bottom left corner is the worst of all because there you have a product that's not valuable and stupid people like me in Silicon Valley have funded other companies to do the same stupid, not valuable thing. Like for a while there, buying dog food online. There are five ways to buy dog food online, but it wasn't very valuable because... You could discount the price of dog food, but then you had to add back shipping and handling and somebody had to be at home when someone came to drop off the dog food. Not convenient, not that much of a savings, not that valuable, but there were six ways to do it. The corner you want to be in is the iPod corner. Think of the first iPod, wide selection of music, human interface that a mere mortal could operate. What a concept. Legal, what a concept. 99 cents a song, inexpensive. The iPod was unique and valuable. That's what made it successful. So all of this is about in your mind, both as a designer and once you have the product, if you're the marketer, how do you convince the world that you have something that is unique and valuable? Because unique and valuable is what it takes to evangelize. Next thing is to localize your efforts. There's a temptation when you have a, a real great product that truly can change the world to think of it in you know very large, large scale standards and very, very large scale scope. 
But what's more important is that you localize your efforts. You know, Macintosh was trying to change computing. But the way we thought of it was one person sitting at one computer creating beautiful documents. If you're an evangelist for the environment, yes, you would like all the world's oceans to be clean and safe. But you know what? If you are trying to recruit people, if you're trying to get people to believe, localize your efforts. Clean the beach. Preserve the beach that your kids surf at. Localize your efforts. Next thing, tell stories. You know what? If you're an entrepreneur, you've seen many pitches. And tell me if this is not true. Almost everybody says, I have patent pending, curve jumping, paradigm shifting, enterprise class. Everybody says that. And so adjectives don't matter anymore. You need to tell stories. Tell the story of why your company exists. This is a picture from a storybook. This is Cliff and Mel, the co-founders of Canva. They're pictured in, not Mel's. Yeah, actually it is Mel's. They're pictured in Mel's mom's spare bedroom. This is where they started a company to enable people to print yearbooks, believe it or not. And they noticed something that, wow, you know, empowering people to print yearbooks was very, very successful. And people loved it that they didn't have to go to a yearbook publisher to design it. And so why not extend that to other document types? And that's the story of Canva. Tell stories. Next thing is to enable test drives. It's a very important philosophical issue here. So rather than bludgeoning people to become your customer, enable people to test drive your product or service. Basically, you're saying to them, I think you're smart. So try my phone, try my software, try my website, try my whatever you have, and then you decide. That shows confidence and it shows greater respect for your prospective customer. Enable test drives. Number six. Number six is plant many seeds. Yes, you may know or you think you know exactly who should use your product and exactly how. Let me give you a piece of advice. Take your best shot at that, but then put the seeds out there. Like cover the earth with seeds because you just never know which seed is going to take root. Here with Macintosh, we thought we had a spreadsheet database and one processing machine. Come to find out, we had a desktop publishing machine. This is a screenshot from the early form of PageMaker. PageMaker created a forest called desktop publishing. No PageMaker, no Apple. Let these flowers bloom. Plant many seeds. Next step is to provide a safe first step. This means that at the start of evangelizing a product or service, you have to give people a slippery slope, a way to just slide into your product or service. D don't make them jump through these amazing high hoops and fences. You know, don't, don't say, well, you have to convert your entire company to convert your entire infrastructure to my new product or service. Just let them do a little piece. You know, Macintosh, just do your newsletters. Just do your presentations. You know, get in through the middles, get in through the bottoms, get in through the sides. Don't try to force and get in through the top, top down. Number eight, remove the speed bumps. You know what? One of the big problems with an introduction of a product or service is that there are too many speed bumps. 
And when it is your product or service, you may be desensitized to even notice the speed bumps because you're so close to it. You've been working on it for months and months, maybe even years and years. So you need to figure out a way to remove the speed bumps. It may be that you have to ask people who are not inside the tent, you know, try my product, try my service, tell me what you think, and then you need to listen to them. So here's an example of a speed bump that we have all encountered. It's this kind of authentication, you know, capture, find all the images with chimneys. I swear, whenever I get one of these, I bet you it takes me four or five times, capture or one of these things. I just hate this. And after about the two second or third time, I just want to give up. I really, I like, I ask myself, do I really care about registering for this website? So you need to remove these. I mean, a very good test is if you hate filling out something like this or capture or doing some process, you know, don't ask people to do something that you hate too. That is a very good test for removing speed bumps. If you don't like it, don't ask people to do it either. Next thing is to ignore pedigrees. So listen to this. So when I went to work for Apple in the Macintosh division, I did not have a degree in computer science, nor did I have any experience in technology. Fundamentally, I came from the jewelry business. I, I work for a jewelry manufacturer. After this jewelry manufacturer, I worked for a very brief time, uh, a matter of a few months for a small software company. But fundamentally, Steve Jobs and the Macintosh division hired an ex-jeweler. Now, did I have a computer science degree? No. Did I have experience in tech? No. Well, how come I succeeded? It's because... I love the Macintosh. I just loved Mac. When I saw it the first time, when I saw Mac Paint and Mac Write, holy cow, it was a religious experience. And so now I'm not telling you to not look at people's education, not look at people's work experience. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying add one more thing, which is does the person get it? Do they like it? Do they love it? Do they understand how we're trying to change the world? And in that case, you may... Decide to ignore people's pedigrees. There's two kinds of ignoring, too, by the way. There's the lack of pedigree, like me. No tech background, no, no education in computer science. So you need to learn to ignore the lack of those kind of things. But you also need to learn to ignore the presence of what seemingly should be a great thing. So suppose you find a candidate who has a PhD in computer science and has worked for other computer companies, but doesn't understand or love what you do. That's just as important a person to ignore, ignore pedigrees. Number 10, number 10 is by golly, you got to learn to reciprocate. You want to be a great evangelist. It's about karma. It's about helping people. It's about being trustworthy and friendly and reciprocating. When people help you, you need to help them back. Uh, it, is, it is an obligation, a karmic obligation, if you want to be a great evangelist. So this is a map of Ethiopia. The story goes that Ethiopia was invaded by Italy 
And basically the world stood by, except for Mexico. Mexico helped Ethiopia. Tens of years went by. I think maybe even like almost a hundred years went by and Mexico had a huge earthquake. Now, the people in Ethiopia were going through a famine, so it's not like they were having a good time. They were suffering too, but they still collected money and sent it to Mexico because the people of Ethiopia remembered when Mexico helped Ethiopia. So when Mexico had the earthquake, the people of Ethiopia, even though they were starving, helped the people of Mexico. That's how reciprocation works. Great evangelists reciprocate. So this is the art of evangelism. It is, to recap, it is about this gold, this great product or service, this good news. And you get it out there and you let people test drive it. And you put it in your mind that it, it has to be unique and valuable. And you get people to try it. And lo and behold, maybe people who you did not anticipate use it in ways you did not anticipate. But you are open-minded enough and you can have the intellectual courage and the intellectual ability to change your mind. And that's what it takes. And when all this good stuff happens, remember, reciprocate, reciprocate. That is the art of evangelism. And I'll tell you something. It is one of the most powerful skills you can have if you want to be a successful entrepreneur. All the best to you. Take care. Thank you very much, Startup World. Have a great event. Bye. Wow. That is the evangelist, Guy Kawasaki. Don't you guys just love that, the storytelling? Thank you very much, Guy. And next up, we have a Cochrane Progress Torres, managing partner of Principal Capital. Hello, and welcome to the Asia final of the Startup World Cup 2021. First, I want to commend the organizers, Pegasus Tech Ventures, in association with the Family Office Association of Hong Kong, for organizing this global competition. I also want to congratulate the 12 winning teams and all the competitors for the great effort in building these fantastic startups in Asia. As we have learned over the last 20 years, innovation is no longer just a phenomenon exclusive to Silicon Valley. Today, we see great global leaders being formed outside of the US. In fact, the number of unicorns and the amount of venture investment outside of the US is now comparable to that of the US. The quality of teams in this competition provides more evidence of this. I am Joaquin Rodriguez Torres, and I am the co-founder and managing partner of Princel Capital, a firm investing in rapidly growing technology companies around the world. We invest with three criteria in mind. First, we're global. We believe that global leaders can be headquartered anywhere in the world. We actually invest from three offices in Berlin, San Francisco, and Hong Kong, where I'm based. For example, we invest in 
Ozone, which is the leading e-commerce company in Russia, which in fact just went public in the US with a market cap of about $12 billion, which we believe will follow the footsteps of other great global companies like Amazon and Alibaba. In this way, technology is the great equalizer of our current era. Number two is we invest in the growth stage. We look at companies with fast growth, 60, 70% year over year, that are growing after big markets. Now, one important criteria for us is we look at companies that have positive unit economics. And when you're going after a big market with positive unit economics, we are happy to provide large amounts of capital to help accelerate their market penetration. Number three is we're value-added investors. We believe that capital, in fact, is fungible and that is available in really large quantities. We not only provide capital, but we also align ourselves with management teams in our portfolio companies. We typically sit on the board of every company we invest and we help them realize their vision, typically by helping them accelerate their international expansion. We have a network of connections and relationships that we can bring to bear to help them build partnerships and license technology and learn from. Um, and number two is we help them also prepare for an exit. My co-founder and I have been working together for about 16 years and we took 65 technology companies public together over the last 20 or so years that we have been in the capital markets. So entrepreneurs, when they, are, they, they start to think of an exit, they actually want to have us in their team. Now, let me say a word or two about um, the greater Bay Area today. I have personally been in the technology industry for about 20 years. I had the opportunity to found startups, advise technology companies, and invest in all of the major regions around the world, from China to the US, Europe, Latin America, India, Japan, and a number of other countries. I, in fact, lived myself in four continents, though I spent the majority of my time in Silicon Valley. I have now been based in the greater Bay Area for more than a decade. And I have seen the transformation and what I think will continue of the startup ecosystem. It's an exciting place to be. Some of the smartest entrepreneurs have now returned back to the Bay Area uh, and are starting to base their startups here. There is great connectivity with China and with the rest of Asia. There's also an increasing pool of talent here with universities and the government leading initiatives to accelerate education and facilitate startups to grow. There's also a large and growing ecosystem of investors from angels to family offices, to venture firms like ourselves, to institutional and crossover investors. I am very bullish about the future of this region. And I think this is a great place to be at, that, at this moment. Now, it's hard to talk about the future without addressing the present. Yes, the pandemic has been a horrible, horrible global event. And my heart goes to those that are suffering from, the, from, from, from this pandemic. Now, it's also true that this 
pandemic has accelerated the digital transformation. We published a, a white paper at the beginning of COVID, uh, which is, uh, is available in our website to download, where we predicted that sectors from e-commerce to digital health, to FinTech, cloud security, as well as several sectors related to technologies that have an impact on climate change from electric vehicles to charging infrastructure and other sources of green energy uh, would accelerate significantly uh, as a consequence of this pandemic. If you fast forward to today, several companies have since grown and expanded much faster than they had expected. And they're now several times larger than what they were 12 to 24 months ago. It is an exciting time to be a disruptor while the world is adapting to a new norm. I'm sure that we'll see from this competition many large and successful companies emerge. I can't wait to see many of those being based in the greater Bay Area. Finally, I want to say a word about capital raising since I have been in this sector for, for so long. Capital is, as I call it, the green power supply of startups. Without capital, there is no rapid growth or innovation. I know from talking to many of you and from talking to our portfolio companies that in many ways, the pandemic has made it more difficult to raise capital. It's difficult to travel, it's difficult to build new relationships, it's difficult to find the time to tell the story, it's difficult to make a difference when you can't sit with somebody face-to-face. Um, -face. However, if you look at the statistics, the amount of venture capital invested over the last six to nine months, frankly, since the, uh, the pandemic, has been as high or higher than it has ever been. So there is capital available. There's always capital available for great companies. Don't give up. What I suggest is continue to build a network of investors. Continue to nurture those relationships. There is thankful, thankfully uh, a number of ways in which we can all do that through means like uh, virtual means like we're seeing today. Get your story right. It's harder to be differentiated. Your story has to be punchy and, um, and, and, and succinct, but it has to address the key differentiators and why your company is great. And don't forget investors like ourselves are oftentimes on calls 12, sometimes more hours a day, listening to different stories. How, how do you differentiate yourself in that environment? And finally, if you have the luxury to be able to choose investors, as I said earlier, capital is fungible. Look for investors that can help you. Many investors can actually not only provide capital, but be value add. So on that note, I want to congratulate you again. I hope you have a great event. Looking forward to seeing all your presentations and I wish you good luck. Thank you so much. Right. Thank you so much for bringing progress for us for the inspiring stories and unique perspective.
Also, congratulations on the recent IPO of your portfolio company, Ozone. Thank you very much. Next up, while giving the stage and screen to Wang Liang, the founder of EntryFest. This has been a production of Industry Pods in association with Evergreen Podcasts Network. Hear this and other industry pods at evergreenpodcasts.com, your favorite podcast app, or listen at industrypods.com for your number one virtual conference podcast experience.